Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 239. There's plenty of good reasons to celebrate the start of any cruise. The first day of a Royal Caribbean cruise is filled with excitement, activities, and places to explore. So when it's time for your Royal Caribbean cruise to leave port and head to the ocean, you'll want to find the best spot to enjoy one of the quintessential cruise moments, Sail Away. On this week's episode, we have another top five episode all about the best spots to enjoy Sail Away from. Here we go. If you were to ask someone who's taken a Royal Caribbean cruise before what their favorite moments of the cruise are, those little times in which they wish they could just capture that, put it in a bottle, and then enjoy it whenever they needed that little fix. And among them has to be Sail Away on Embarkation Day. Sail Away on Royal Caribbean is just such a fun and exciting activity. It's something that you really can't understand unless you do it yourself because you've got to have, I believe, that that aura of my entire vacation is in front of me, it's finally here, I'm excited for it, and boy, I can't wait to get this thing started. And really, that's what Sail Away is all about. It's that opportunity when the ship leaves the port on day one, it is the unofficial real beginning of the cruise. Because prior to that point, people are boarding, getting their fares in order, you've got the muster drill, and you know there's all these little things. Little, uh, I don't want to even say errands you have to run, but things people do. But when you get to Sail Away, when the ship actually leaves, that is really when the fun begins and the cruise truly commences, both in an academic sense and also in a more metaphoric way. So this week, I want to talk about the best spots to enjoy Sail Away from, and i got to give a credit where credit is due. This week's episode actually comes to us from one of our listeners, Michael, and Michael writes, Hi Matt, I have a few Royal Caribbean Cruises booked. In 2018, I'll be on Harmony of the Seas. Then in 2019, I'll be on Anthem of the Seas. These are my first two cruises in Royal Caribbean. Perhaps a podcast suggestion I could offer would be the best locations during Sail Away, and the reasons could be view, activity, or crowd size. Love the podcast, Matt. Now, Michael included some of his favorites, and we'll get to his in the end, but I did, uh, I thought it was a great idea, and then I didn't read the rest of his email because I want to come up with my own and see how many we kind of overlap with, but uh, we want to talk about favorite spots, and this is no particular order, but I think if I had to pick one, after I just said it's no particular order, it isn't in order because I'm going to start with my favorite by far. It's not available on all Royal Caribbean ships, but there is nothing like experiencing sail away from the helipad of a Royal Caribbean ship. The helipad is an area on the front of some Royal Caribbean ships where, well, usually it's used for helicopters to land in the case of emergencies or restocking or who knows why. But more often than not, it's an open area that's available to guests. The the, the helipad is available on Radiance-class ships, Freedom-class ships, and Voyager-class ships. And access is pretty simple. You just have to walk there. It's usually available via that promenade deck that wraps around the ship. Usually some people call it the walking deck. But if you just walk all the way forward, eventually you literally will run into it. And it's not very well marked in terms of like, hey, neon signs pointing helipad this way. But it's a great little spot to go because, again, not many people know about it. But it also provides by far the best view. I mean, there's certainly nothing in front of you. It is a since it's on the the bow of the ship, it's right in the front. There's no structures uh that are in front of you to block the view, it gives you the best possible angle to see everything around you. And if you're looking to really enjoy that sail away moment, to me, the helipad is the place to go. Again, there's nothing, there's an unfettered view around you. 
oftentimes very few people even know it exists, so it's not very crowded. It can get so. Certainly all you need is one person to tell a couple of people in a group, and you know it can be. But in my experience, I've never really seen large groups there. I think the helipad's appeal is just that it is kind of that almost a hidden spot, and it also provides just a fantastic view. So whether you're sailing away uh, from any port, really doesn't matter which one it is. It's just it's it's incredible. It's really to see it. So that's my number one pick has got to be the helipad. Now the helipad is available on all Royal Caribbean ships. So obviously this tip may not work for all of you, but it's something to look into. And the helipad actually, honestly, truly is somewhere you should go, even when it's not sail away. If you're on a sea day, if your ship is docked in port. Take a visit over there. It makes for great photos because you get a perfect angle of the front of the ship, but also what's around you. So, again, uh, while, we're tra- while we're talking about sail away, and this is not, not just limited to embarkation day. Obviously, you can enjoy sail away from uh, any port you're visiting. It, it, it's something that I think that you shouldn't just limit yourself to just sail away, right? If you're in port, if it's a nice sea day, sunsets, boy, it's just one of the best spots you can go to. So, there you go. Starting off with the helipad is number one. Number two. This is a spot that's available on most ships as well, and this is the front of the solarium. Now, the front of the solarium basically means you go into the solarium, the adults-only area, and on most Royal Caribbean ships, the solarium is in the front of the ship, and on most Royal Caribbean ships, the solarium is is glass-enclosed, and it usually has a glass front. Not on all ships, of course, but if they do have this, maybe like a great example is the Oasis class, and the Oasis class can't go down to the helipad usually, but you can go to the front of the solarium. Same is true for the Quantum class. And basic, what I like about this spot is, first of all, there are it's windows, so it's enclosed. You can see window, you can look right out, no problem at all. There are also sometimes sliding glass windows in which you get every so often you'll see them. You basically all you can open them on your own. You don't need a crew member to do it. You just slide it open and you can stick your head out or get a breeze or just see you know a, a clear view ahead of you, which is really nice. The solarium is really good. If, well, obviously you don't have access to the helipad, but also during maybe some colder times of the year or what time, times in which weather-wise you might not want to be directly outside. Maybe it's too hot out. Perhaps uh, there's some precipitation in the air. Uh, perhaps it's too windy. All good reasons why you might want to be in the solarium. But the solarium gives you a great view, and I would prefer the front. But in a lot of cases, you can go to the sides of the solarium and you'll find those sliding windows. And again, you can kind of stick your head out or at least peek, peer through there and get a pretty good view. Now, of course, being the solarium, it's an adults-only area. So if you've got kids, yeah, you, you probably don't want to bring them in there. I mean, there's nothing. Truthfully, kids can go into the solarium to walk around. They just can't go into the solarium pool. That's kind of the the issue there. But you know, it's something to keep in mind, especially if you're going without kids. It's a great spot, and for a lot of folks who choose to go to the solarium pool on day one, you know, obviously it's right there. So you can go right back into that hot tub or pool. In fact, that adds another spot right there. Just so I think about it, the hot tub. You can go sit in the hot tub. And or in some of these pools, you can see out the the glass from the solarium. It's not bad, so you get to, you don't have to even have to leave there. Not bad, a, not bad view at all. So front of the solarium. Now I'd be remiss if we're talking about great places to enjoy sail away from. This one has to be on the list, which of course is your own private balcony. If you've booked a balcony stateroom or a suite, which obviously has your own private balcony, there is nothing like it. What's nice about having your own balcony is, of course, your own private space. You're not competing for space. You don't have to get there. 20 minutes early in order to get a spot or elbow other people out of the way. It's your own private balcony. And for a lot of people, this is why they book a balcony room, right? It is about having that unfettered access whenever they want and being able to truly enjoy that little alcove, that little corner of the cruise ship 
in which they have the view. And having your own balcony, I mean, it, well, first of all, I think it adds to the value of the room that you're paying for, right? I mean, if you're buying a, if you're paying for a, a stateroom, a balcony stateroom, you probably want to spend more time in the room, perhaps, than if you had an inside stateroom. By that same token, you know, enjoying sail away from there is a great way to enjoy not only the sail away experience, but also combine it with your own private room. This is also a great option if you've got kids, you know, sometimes, like, if you've got young kids, boy, they don't really care about sail away. They'll look and be like, oh, yeah, look, we're leaving. Okay, I don't care. I'm going back to watch TV or play with my, you know, toys or whatever it is kids do, right? Maybe you can take a nap. But what's great about having your own private balcony is you can enjoy the view, and meanwhile, their kids can do whatever they want to do inside the room, maybe enjoy it too. I mean, it depends on, the, obviously, the size of your balcony. You have a larger balcony or a suite, there's a lot more space to, to enjoy it from i still think my, my one of my bucket list items to do on a royal caribbean cruise is to enjoy sail away on in a suite that i'm staying in that has the hot tub on the balcony there are only very few usually they're like the most expensive rooms like the royal suites like just i mean it's it's always like the most expensive suites on the ship but one day i would love to stay in one of those rooms and be able to uh, enjoy my own private jacuzzi because they have their own private hot tub on the balcony. So not only can you enjoy Sail Away, you can enjoy Sail Away from your balcony in your hot tub. In fact, if I had that room, I don't know why I would ever leave to go anywhere else. Like, well, why? I, you know, there's a show going on, Matt, but I got a hot tub right here on my room. Why wouldn't I stay here? Uh, someday. Someday we'll make it there, but uh, I haven't quite gotten there yet. But if you want to ask me, like, the most primo spot... Your own balcony, your own jacuzzi on your own private balcony. That's got, I, mean, I don't know how you can beat that. I, I really don't. I mean, certainly the helipad and some of the, the solarium we talked about, great spots. But, man, if you're going to get a balcony and you want to have the best spot, that one, had the your own private hot tub on there has got to be, like, number one with a bullet. Now, some people like sail aways that are a little more serene, right? We talked about perhaps the helipad not being that crowded, your own balcony, having your own little private space. But for some other folks... They want to get down and party. This is the beginning of their cruise, a vacation. Maybe they've had something to drink, too. But, you know, it's really all about enjoying the start of vacation. And for a lot of folks, they enjoy a good party. And you know what? Royal Caribbean throws a wonderful sail away celebration. Now, the exact location will vary from ship to ship. Usually, it's on the pool deck. It can vary. Like, I remember on Oasis-class ships, they do the sail away from the Aqua Theater. And, of course, weather conditions may dictate it moves somewhere else. And in fact, I remember there was one cruise in which I think it was raining or too windy or both, and they moved the sail away celebration to the Royal Promenade. So, you know, you've got options there. But the bottom line is if you want to you wanna dance, you want to be with other people, you want to be where all the people are, and you want to, you know, I don't want to say get down because that's cliche, but I'm still going to say you want to get down – well, then a sail away party is is right for you. Royal Caribbean sail away parties are pretty much usually uh, the very similar, I should say, in the sense of that there's going to be a lot of music playing, a lot of you know hit songs that you know the the words here, you know, hot, 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 and who let the dogs out, and all those great party favorites. Everybody knows the words here, and everyone can start singing uh, Cupid Shuffle. And it's really about not only playing the music, but getting people out on the deck or wherever. To dance, to be together, and celebrate, because one of the one of the mantras you're going to hear over and over from the DJ or the cruise director or both during this, the sailway parties is, you're on vacation. This is the start of it. Like, you know, let's get into it, and why not? And, 
you know, this is the first of many, many dance parties you'll find on your Royal Caribbean cruise, but it's a great way. And for some people, it's about people watching, just, you know, enjoying the ambiance. You don't have to necessarily be that guy on the dance floor who's taking off his shirt, twirling it over his head and going, woo, spring break. You don't have to be that guy, but you can also just enjoy the view of it. For a lot of people, they just enjoy the energy, the, the people watching aspect to it, being amongst the crowd, and I think that's not something to be said there. And what's nice when they do the sailaway parties on the pool deck is, of course, on I think every Royal Caribbean ship, there's multiple decks, right? There's the pool deck itself, like where the pool is, and then there's an additional deck that kind that's one deck higher, but you know it's it uh, is kind of an outline of the pool deck. You can certainly see from that deck down, right? Just one deck down, and you know maybe you're enjoying a little bit of both because it's usually that upper deck of the pool deck is a little less crowded, gives you the view, but you still got the music in the background, and that's not bad. So. Uh, the sailaway party is definitely got to be on the list. Also, here's one that's only for one class of shifts, but I got to tell you, if you're going to do sailaway without the jacuzzi, I mean, the jacuzzi option is still my number one, but definitely points for originality or not something you can usually do would be to enjoy sailaway on a quantum class Royal Caribbean ship in North Star. North Star is the observational pod that lifts up. It's attached to an arm and it goes up in the air. It's incredible. It offers amazing views anywhere, but during sailaway, man, best best angle. I mean, you're just going to get a tremendous view, and in certain ports, you, obviously, when there's more to see around you, boy, it's great. I got to tell you, I mean, North Star offers a tremendous view all the time, but if you're going to do sail away and you don't have that hot tub option, yes, I am harping on that, then the North Star's got to be like number two with a bullet. I think that's an amazing choice, and I really, uh, I think that's something that, Obviously, only available on quantum class ships, but don't overlook it. It might be a great spot, and you know, don't just uh, look at it just on embarkation day. Certainly, you're doing sailaways from other ports as well, so that's a great option. Now, I said top five, but I think I'm up to like seven now, and just one more I wanted to add, uh, and that is something I want. I was trying to think, jeez, I want to come up with a sailaway spot that most people don't think about. Not like you know, not a typical traditional. Because I think every a lot of ones we've talked about were probably ones you may have already thought of. So I want to come up with one more. And this is the one I came up with, which was enjoying sailway from the massage table with your eyes closed. I'm serious. One of the best ways to en- things to enjoy on a Royal Caribbean cruise is a, is a quality massage, as they often say on there. And I love when they say it like that. But the spa is open. The Vitality Spa will be open on Embarkation Day. And in fact, you're going to find some of the best prices on Embarkation Day. So, you know, if, if maybe you've been there, done that, or you want to try something different, Enjoying a spa when you're sailing away might be the perfect thing to do. Imagine this, mustard drill, and then going immediately to the Vitality Spa, and and starting off your cruise not with dancing up a storm, not with holding your 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 spouse's hand as you glimpse over the horizon and see your ship sail away. No, with someone kneading out the knots in your back with your eyes closed half drooling, enjoying the start to the best cruise ever. For some people, it's about enjoying sail away, you know, with uh, with a great view or a party. And other people, nothing says a great sail away. <laughs> like I said, somebody working out your muscles. Maybe that's the way to do it. But I think that could certainly be a great idea. Now, I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, Michael, who sent in the suggestion, had some ideas of his own. So let's go to some of his and uh, I'll see if I missed any over here. Michael mentions... The bridge wings, and this is a great choice. So the bridge wings are little areas on Oasis class ships and Quantum class ships. I'm not familiar with them existing on other classes of ships, although I could be wrong. Basically, these are little platforms, if you will, that jet out to the sides of the ship. And what's cool about the bridge wings is it allows you to 
like the basically go away from the side of the ship and get really unfettered access. Usually when all when you're elsewhere on the ship, the superstructure of the ship can block or just, you know, get in the way of some of the views. But the bridge wings are really nice because you're off to the side and it just offers just like the helipad, just you know, these great views. So as I mentioned, the helipad isn't available on Oasis or Quantum class ships, but the bridge wings are, and these are usually on the higher pool deck. Uh, you, you'll see them listed over there. Uh, I think on the Oasis class ships, and maybe even the Quantum class ships, you walk to the Solarium and then take a turn over there. Anyway, you'll see them on the deck plans. It's not very hard to find. There's again not like there's like neon lights there, but you'll find them. And certainly, you can ask a crew member if you can't find it there. But they are really, really cool. And just like the helipad, go out there anytime you have an opportunity to. Uh, Michael also had the helipad himself. Michael lists the stateroom balcony. Michael listed a bar. Hey, nothing wrong with a bar to enjoy sail away from. You know, we've you may have heard us talk about on Enchantment of the Seas, they have actually a bar that faces the ocean on Enchantment of the Seas. You've got that. Perhaps you just want to enjoy a great view. Uh, how about on the Quantum Class? Again, the bar in 270 offers phenomenal views to your side uh, of the back of the ship. Certainly looking out the back isn't bad. So you've got that as well. Uh, Michael also adds the cantilevered hot tubs, and these are the hot tubs on some Royal Caribbean ships that literally hang over the side of the ship, hence the word cantilevered. And uh, look, any hot tub I think is a great hot tub for enjoying the uh, sail away from. Michael added the pool debarkation party, the solarium, and locations to see the wake. The wake is that the path you've essentially taken behind you, and a lot of Royal Caribbean ships, you can go down to that walking deck on deck four or five usually, and walk to the back of the ship on a waste clash if they actually have chairs for you to sit on to enjoy that view. But nonetheless, it's a great spot. And certainly what's nice about the watching the wake on the back, you often don't get as nearly as many people towards the back of the ship watching it. So again, if you're looking for a quiet spot, I think that's a great one to, to, to do. So Michael, thank you for the suggestion. I think it's a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to hearing any other suggestions we may have missed for great sailaway spots. You can always comment on this week's episode in our show notes or send me an email, matt at royalcarbonblog.com, M-A-T-T at royalcarbonblog.com. It's time to dive into the Royal Caribbean blog inbox and answer some of your Royal Caribbean questions. And if you're wondering how you can send me your emails, you can always do so by sending an email to matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcarbonblog.com. Um, our first email is from Andrew from Dartmouth, Massachusetts, and a Royal Cream Blog Insider. Thank you, Andrew. Andrew's got an Anthem of the Seas review for us. Says, absolutely love listening to the podcast and a very proud insider. I just recently returned from an eight-night Florida-Bahama sailing on board Anthem of the Seas. I'm willing to share my experience. Boarding. My family and I had a scheduled arrival at 11.30 to 12, but arrived at the port at 10.30. had no problem giving my bags to the ports and checked in. Wow, check-in was amazing. Tablets were glitching, so our photos we took at home were not popping up and had to be retaken. Waited inside the terminal until 11.15, and then we boarded. First impression. As this was my first Quantum class ship, I was amazed at how small the Esplanade was in comparison to the Oasis-class Royal Promenade, but it was beautiful nonetheless. Loved walking in right next to Wonderland and seeing the beautiful light bulb chandelier. Staff were super friendly greeting us on the way in. For dining, this was the first time in all my cruises with Royal Caribbean that we finally ate at specialty dining venues. Clearly, I was missing out. We bought the three-day dining package and were not disappointed at all. We had Wonderland the first night, pre-assigned to us, but we were super tired and ended up changing it to a different night, and the staff at Wonderland couldn't have been more accommodating and understanding. I thought we had to eat there the first night at specialty restaurants, but you do not. Wonderland was nothing less than amazing. The staff was phenomenal. Food was super eclectic and delicious. I would eat there all the time if I could just for the experience. We also ate at Jamie's Italian next, and it was really nice. Portion sizes were huge and tasted delicious. I had the Tagliatelle Bolognese 
and I ate every last bite. It was that good. The pinnacle of them all, though, was Chop's Grill. Nothing less than amazing in terms of food. The service could have been a little better. Made a reservation for six with my one infant. When I got there, they said that I had the reservation for only four and had to wait an additional hour. No problem for us. We just hanged out in the schooner bar with our favorite bartender, Jelena. They seemed like they didn't want to accommodate my goddaughter, who was one years old. Service was okay. Waiter was nice, but everyone at Chops looked tired and slightly overworked, and we ate at 7 p.m. Uh, in terms of entertainment, Dennis, the cruise director, was awesome, super funny, and he enjoyed t- uh, talking to guests as he walked around. He was very personable and per- and enjoyed putting smiles on the guests' faces. The two theater shows The Gift and We Will Rock You, Rock you were super cool. The Gift was a little complicated to understand, like you said, but I enjoyed it nonetheless. We Will Rock You was awesome, and you had the whole place, well, rocking. Spectra's Cabaret was interesting. We had Terry Lavelle as Spectra, and it was interesting. Overall, Anthem was my new favorite ship, replacing Allure of the Seas. Kind-hearted staff, more attention to details allowed on small ships, and overall, service was better than my two Oasis-class cruises. Only downside is leaving Bayonne in 28-degree weather is not fun at all. I think I need to try Anthem in the summer months to enjoy it a little bit more. While on board, I booked a back-to-back cruise on Oasis of the Seas after her dry dock exactly 10 years since I was last on her during her inaugural season. I'll be sending all my cruise compasses shortly. Just need to get the good old scanner working. Sorry for the long review, but wanted to share with this with you and our family of listeners who have yet to try Anthem to really jump on. Thank you, Andrew. Andrew, awesome email. By the way, he had a lot of great points, but my favorite point was when he said, and this is in the overall, towards the end, he says, <clears throat> Uh, he mentioned that uh, Anthem is now his new favorite cruise over Allure, and he said, Kind of staff, more attention to detail is allowed on small ships. <laughs> Andrew, I love you. Anthem, but comparing Anthem, is, I mean, Anthem is smaller than, An- than Allure. It's not factually incorrect, but it's not a small ship. <laughs> it's still like 5,000 passengers, but... Oh, man, I, I just I got a kick out of that one. But that's a great review, dude. Really good stuff. Thank you for going through all of it and a you know, really nice bullet, uh, bullet point approach to it. Really good stuff. Uh, I love Anthem of the Seas, and uh, I've been on her two, three times now. And we're going back on her, actually, in uh, 2019 for July 4th. We're doing a Royal Caribbean Blog group cruise. Yes, my friends, I've worked in a shameless plug for that. July 4th, 2019. I would love for everybody, including Andrew, who said he wanted to do a summer cruise anyway out of Anthem, on Anthem out of Bayonne. Here you go, Andrew. Problem solved. I am trying to help everybody out with having a great cruise. And you know what? How about this? July 4th, Anthem of the Seas. It's a great itinerary. We're actually going to Bermuda and the Caribbean. Not just a straight cruise Bermuda. It's a really great itinerary on a fabulous ship. Andrew's 125% right that when you're talking about, uh, you know, trying Royal Caribbean to ships, the Quantum Class should not be overlooked because Anthem is fabulous. And I can't wait to get back on her and enjoy her again. So you know what, Andrew? Thank you for reminding me about that. Couldn't agree more. Next, we have an email from Margaret. I wrote a few weeks ago regarding whether to do Altunha or Lumina uh, in the Belize for the Mayan ruins. I complained about the description in the Royal Caribbean website and wanted to send an update. Since they had a sale this week on extras, I called and spoke to an agent who had been to both sites. I was leaning towards Lamine and gave the information to make me confident to book it. On a side note, they fixed the pictures. And when I questioned that it had shown in the three-hour tour, he advised it was six hours. I booked it, and it does indeed show six hours on my cruise calendar. It's going to be hard to wait till May 6th to sail. It's my first real cruise. I did an overnight ferry in Europe, which was very fun, and I'm still very excited. I'm still wondering about what to do in Roatan. We aren't hanging out at the beach all kind of day, folks, and I'm hesitant to book the Goomba Limba Park as I'm thinking it will be overrun with cruisers. Any thoughts? 
Margaret, thank you for the email. Uh, you know, I've been to Roatan one time, and we did a beach day. I think in general, it's kind of a beach day kind of place. I think most ports in the Caribbean really kind of have that thing. I will tell you that there are tours to do. Certainly, I'm sure you've already looked at what Royal Caribbean has to, has to offer for you. You might look at a private taxi tour, like something that will bring you and tell them what you're looking to do. The other option, of course, and Margaret, is to contact Royal Caribbean. Try out Private Journeys. Uh, which is Royal Caribbean's private shore excursion option. It's not nearly as expensive as you might think, and it allows you all the benefits of booking a shore excursion with Royal Caribbean, but you can totally customize it. So if you're looking through all the options, you say, you know what, I really don't want to go to the beach. I want to do something a little different that's not listed here. You contact Private Journeys. You let them know what you want to do. There's no obligation. You can tell them, you know, I want to do all this, and they might come back to you and say, you know what, never mind. I'm going to do it on my own. So there's nothing to lose, really. And we just did the same thing, uh, Margaret, because we're going on Rhapsody of the Seas uh, in uh, March, so a couple weeks from now. Yay. And we were looking at Belize. We're wondering, you know, we want to do something a little different this time. And we booked a, a, a private journeys excursion through Royal Caribbean because we were in the same situation as you, Margaret. Nothing that we saw listed in the cruise planner kind of appealed directly to us. And we got a pretty good choice there. And I'll talk more about that when we actually do it because obviously previewing it doesn't really offer too much, although we'll talk in the preview. Anyway, I'll get to it later is what I'm trying to That's called the tease, a really long tease, but I will talk about that coming up. But I think that that option may be something to consider, at least, Margaret. So thank you for the email. Always appreciate it. Next, we have an email from Julie, who writes, I'm a first-time cruiser selling on Allure of the Seas this June. I love your podcast, and I'm learning a lot of valuable information for my cruise. I have a question about internet packages. I know your podcast and the blog mentions Voom sales and the cruise planner and tips, but I'm not going to be streaming, and I just want to check my email, check Facebook, send messages to my family on the cruise via the app. So why would I pay for Voom versus the surf package? It seems like the surf package is not mentioned at all. What would be the downside of getting the surf package? Also, I called the Royal Caribbean, and they said I can't purchase surf package via the cruise planner, and then I have to purchase on the ship. Is that correct? Any help or advice would give me would be much more appreciated. Julie, a Royal Caribbean is correct on that. They used to offer it via the website, but they don't anymore. The reason why I don't generally recommend the surf package, even though, Julie, you're not like going to be live blogging and doing video streaming, is because it offers the best possible experience. The way that the 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 two packages work, and for those who are unaware, Royal Caribbean offers two tiers, if you will, of internet service. One is the Voom uh, Surf and Stream, and there's just the Voom Surf Voyage or something like that. The Surf and Stream is the full Monty. It's the unfettered internet is the, the fastest option, whereas the other option, which Julie's referring to, is not nearly as fast. It's meant for, you know, like basic web browsing. Now, to Julie's point, why would she pay for it? The reason why I don't recommend it, or I recommend, I don't recommend it. I recommend more just getting the surf and stream package is because in order to make the surf voyage one work, they basically throttle your internet down. What that means is they bring the speeds arbitrarily down to a point in which you can't possibly video stream. As a result, that also impacts regular internet browsing. It doesn't say, oh, if you're doing video, I, you go down. No, it's just all, everything you're doing is slower. So from that standpoint, I find like it's better performance overall, even for just checking email and checking Facebook with that. Don't forget, when you're on Facebook, especially these days, there's still a lot of video content out there, and that can be part of it. Look, if you're at the end of the day, if you're going to tell me, look, all I'm going to do is check my email on my work phone or text somebody, Wi-Fi calling, yeah, that's fine, and, and that's okay. But uh, all too often I hear from folks who were disappointed with the Surf Voyage package just because it just wasn't, it wasn't as snappy. 
And to me, that's even more important than the fact it can live video stream or not. It's just I just wanted to respond quickly. So, yes, it's a few dollars more. I think it's worthwhile, and certainly, Julie, if you pre-purchase it before your cruise via the cruise planner, especially if you hit one of those sales that you referred to, you're often going to get a great possible price. Another great strategy that I've learned, and big shout out to Twangster on the Railroad Blog message boards for finding this, if you can wait one day for uh, to, buy, to book your internet package and you are a Royal Caribbean Crown and Anchor member, the discount offered there... Uh, via Crown and Anchor Society by waiting at least a day and skipping day one often is a great value. I'll, I'll post in our show notes a link to that article I'm talking about that kind of explains it all. Julie, I'm not sure if you're... Uh, oh, you're first-time cruisers. Never mind. Should we read your email? Forget all that! But if, if, you're, if you've been cruising before, uh, you might consider that option as well. But certainly for you as a first-time cruiser, Julie, pre-book it via the Cruise Planner. I think you're going to find it's... It's because you can't pre-purchase the surf package. I'll bet you the the overall price at the end of the day between booking the surf package on board versus the pre-cruise discounted price for for surf and stream is going to be similar in the neighborhood, if you will, and not much more. And I think you're going to have a better experience overall. So that's why I go that route. I don't think you're making the mistake by going the other way, but I hope that kind of makes sense why I'm kind of leaning in that direction, Julie. Thank you for the email, though, and I appreciate you reaching out for us. Next, we have an email from Jeff, who writes, Hey, Matt, just recently started binge listening to your podcast. I love all the information. We're preparing for a cruise on alert of the season, November 2018. We've been getting quotes from various travel agents. Their onboard credit have been varied from agent to agent. On Rokuma's website, they are advertising $50 onboard credit per person for our selection of the balcony ocean view. Some agents are saying that some of the onboard credits are from Royal Caribbean, and also a portion is coming from the travel agents themselves. Is this normal? I mentioned that I would be like to use my onboard credit credit to pay for things ahead of time in the Royal Caribbean Cruise Planner, which I learned from your podcast you can now use the onboard credit to pay for things in advance. One travel agent said I would not see all my onboard credit until the second day of sailing, and therefore, I would not be able to use it for purchasing things in advance of my cruise planner. This seems fishy to me. And what if I don't see my onboard credit on the second day of sailing? Any advice would be appreciated. It has become much more confusing than I think it should be. Love your podcast and blog. Keep the great work. P.S. I did contact MEI Travel, your sponsor, as per your advice. So, Jeff, uh, thank you for the email. So here's how this is kind of a I don't want to say a gray area, but this is, you're not your experience is not unusual. So when you book a if you book a Royal Caribbean cruise via travel agent or via Royal Caribbean directly, you're entitled to take advantage of any promotions that Royal Caribbean is running, right? So let's say in Jeff's example, Royal Caribbean is offering uh, fifty dollars onboard credit for a balcony stateroom. Okay, so if you book it through Royal Caribbean or you book it through a travel agent, you should be getting fifty dollars no matter what. However. Some travel agencies offer their own benefits, their own uh, promotions. A lot of times this is known as rebating, which is definitely a gray area. What does rebating mean? Well, rebating means when a travel agency, and a travel agency, by the way, is not limited to just, you know, some little store or, or a travel agent in the typical sense. You know, a website like, you know, Expedia or Costco. These are all travel agents. Because if you're not booking through Royal Caribbean, you're booking through a travel agent. It's a binary thing. It's one or the other. Uh, and, and as a result, what a lot of, some, not all, but some places will offer a rebate. It's basically, they take that commission they're going to be getting from Royal Caribbean for your, for your cruise sale, you know, for, for booking you, and they take some of that and give it back to you. It's called rebating. It's officially not against the rules. They're not supposed to do it, but there's a lot of agencies that do it, and quite frankly, I don't begin to understand the nuances of it and what it is. I just know that technically speaking, it's not supposed to happen. 
Um, so that's kind of a different issue altogether, as and that may be leading Jeff as to why you're seeing that. There's also one other possibility, and that is there's a lot of promotions that are out there. And Jeff, uh, depending on your background, where you live, and even your age, that can all factor into what you actually get as the best possible price. Now, Jeff wrote, uh, actually, he contacted MEI Travel, and they offered him $0 of onboard credit. Now, again, it's hard for me to, to know this officially without seeing, you know, obviously comparing quote to quote. But in a lot of cases, the travel agents will look at the best possible price. And, you know, this goes to this, there's always this running debate that I often, you know, engage in, which is, would you rather have $100 onboard credit or would you rather pay $100 less on your cruise and get zero onboard credit? For some people, and I'm sure everybody just heard that, you're going to come up with, there's going to be a, you know, a bunch of people who will say one thing and something the other. Some people prefer to get the lowest possible price and no onboard credit. Some people would prefer the onboard credit. And that's kind of how this game goes sometimes. But a lot of times, if you know the a travel agency will find that, you know what, in in this case, the promotion, one promotion Royal Caribbean is offering gives you $50 onboard credit, but you're actually better off taking advantage of a resident discount, which is not combinable with the onboard credit, but will save you more money in the long term. Now, I would hope the travel agency would convey that to you and let you know. And certainly, one thing you could do, Jeff, is they offer you no onboard credit. Ask them. Say, hey, I'm getting an onboard credit from Agency X. Why is that the case? And let them explain to you. Because in a lot of cases, that may be it's still a better value or a better deal. It may not always be the case. And again, it may go back to that rebating thing that we talked about. But... One of the things I often try to harp on, and, and you know, full disclosure, by the way, MEI Travel is a sponsor of RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com, so got to put that out there. To me, the reason to use a travel agent, the most important reason to use a travel agent, is for the service they provide you. A lot of times you'll find agencies that offer, you know, maybe some kind of a, an additional travel agent deal or, you know, on, extra savings. But a lot of times, those same companies charge you for service changes, or you don't have a dedicated agent, or the level of service they offer you in terms of when there's an issue or you want to change something may not be to your liking. Does that happen all the time? No. A lot of people book cruises and never change anything on their reservation. But to me, what I think makes a good travel agent, and again, that definition of good travel agent will vary from person to person. I recognize that. But I think what makes a good travel agent is somebody who's going to be working for you and with you along the way. I often talk about, you know, booking cruises months and if not years in advance. It's the best strategy to get the best possible price. But inevitably, you're going to have questions, comment, things to consider, changes, you know? And these all impact or potentially can impact your cruise. Whether it's a new sale that requires a, a price change, right? The, the price of your cruise has dropped. Or you want to add someone, remove someone from the reservation. What if Royal Caribbean accidentally dilutes your reservation? It's happened to me at least one time. I can think off the top of my head. These are all situations in which somebody has to call Royal Caribbean to sort it all out. And you know what? I don't want to do it. It stinks. I don't want to sit on hold. I don't have to explain my whole situation. I don't want to have to go up the flagpole to get all this worked out. Blah, blah, blah. Sure, it may be five minutes in a lot of cases. Sometimes it may be even longer phone calls. But the bottom line is, to me, a travel agent provides you that service. They're going to do all that for you. They're going to free me up. And again, whether it's a five-minute phone call or an hour-long phone call, that's five or 60 minutes I don't have to spend on the line. And a good travel agent is that person who's going to help you make your life easier. So that's why I always recommend using a travel agent because they should be doing that. Now, certainly saving you money is great too and, and you know bonuses and ways to get money is wonderful. But you, know, you just got to keep all that in mind. 
One more thing, and Jeff, you asked me this in the email, and I neglected to mention that earlier, which was if you get onboard credit through other means, not through Royal Caribbean directly, like maybe it's a travel agent promotion, perhaps you're getting onboard credit through, there's a bunch of apps like gaming apps, like My Vegas is one of them, where you can earn onboard credit from Royal Caribbean. Maybe you have a gift certificate, right, that someone gave you. These are all ways to get extra onboard credit that will not show up in the cruise planner, but you will get it on the cruise. The way to know this for sure, Jeff, is in your invoice and in the receipt you get from the travel agent. It should list that there. You should have a record of it. And at that point, it's a matter of trust, you know, that it will show up. In my experience, I've never had an issue with that at all. And certainly, one of the great things about a travel agent is if there is an issue, there have been cases where, uh, you know, gratuities were still were charged on my sailing accidentally. I prepaid my gratuities, but for some reason, Royal Caribbean Systems still showed them up there in my onboard account. You know what I did? I texted my travel agent from the ship, said, hey, I'm seeing gratuities on there. Can you confirm that's incorrect? She writes me back. Yes, absolutely. And she takes care of it. Meanwhile, I'm back in the pool enjoying my drinks and not sitting on hold with, with Shoreside to figure all that out. So again, to me, it's all about the service, and that's why you should use a travel agent in general. Uh, and I hope that <laughs> that I, I can get down from my soapbox. I feel like that's kind of what, hopefully that answers, at least helps you out a little bit to understand the nuances of the industry and how it kind of works, Jeff. And certainly if you have additional questions, Jeff, I invite you to send me an email and we can uh, sort things out here. And, and I'm sure there's a lot of folks here who may be wondering the same thing. So it's definitely a great topic. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, we've got another email. It's from Resting Birds. Right, greetings, Matt. Just got done listening to the Freedom of the Seas Top 5 episode. I know it was recorded a few years ago now, but on our cruise in, uh, but our cruise on Freedom, which was in 2016, was our favorite. And I felt the urge to let the podcast family know what my top five were. There were many things that made it a great cruise, but these really stand out to me. So here we go, no particular order. Number one, the rock climbing wall. Out of the three ships we've taken, Freedom of the Seas was the best. It kept me quite busy trying to do each route on the wall. Two were very hard, and I couldn't ring the top bell. The activity staff uh, that week were also very fun, friendly, and encouraging. Number two, Sabor. Awesome restaurant. I don't like guacamole. Never have, but I gave it a shot in Sabor and absolutely loved it. Number three, our panoramic ocean view stateroom. Our mouths dropped open when we first walked in. It's the first room I look at now when looking to book a cruise if they're offered on the ship, of course. Number four, The Quest. It was our first time attending said show, so we sat in the back and just watched. I have some great images burned into my brain from that night. Being in Studio B was good and bad. It was great people watching from slide around the on the perspiration from the ice rink. Or, he's a perspiration. I think he means the uh, evaporation of the water. Anyway, uh, perhaps it was a little harder to participate because of the bleacher-style seating. The guests that week really made for a great show. And lastly, number five, Johnny Rock. So we went two or three times for food and milkshakes. All were good. My family and I really hit it off with one of the crew members in there, a family girl from Russia who loved working for Royal Caribbean. We saw her throughout the week and would spend a few minutes talking to her each time. Happy cruising to all and to all a good night. Resting birds. I love this top five. I always love hearing top fives from our listeners. So guys, even though like Resting Birds just did, this episode was from like, I don't know, I think it's like one of the first episodes we ever did. But you know what? I, it doesn't mean you can't email me in about them. So no matter how old an episode is, uh-huh. if you got a, a, an idea or a comment about that episode, I want to hear about it, especially about those top fives. I love hearing about your favorites because you know what? Things change all the time, and maybe you'll key me in on something that I didn't think of. Or better yet, you'll key in somebody who's listening to this podcast who's unaware of a particular offering. So love that. Thank you, Resting Birds. Thank you to everybody. For the great emails this week. And once again, if you want to send me your email about anything you have on your mind about taking a Royal Caribbean cruise, please, 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 please feel free to do so 
by sending an email to matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. So until next week, I'm Matt Hodgeberg, and we'll talk again soon.